You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Fight, the Pride of Detroit preview podcast for your Detroit Lions. This week, we're heading, well, we're really staying in Detroit, but we're bringing in the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers also played in overtime this week. They came out victorious. They're 1-0. Lions, of course, are 0-0-1. So this week, uh, we're going to bring on a Chargers guest. Normally, I'm here with my, my buddy, Ryan Matthews. He's not able to make it this time. So you're stuck with me, Jeremy Raceman. I'm the managing editor over at Pride of Detroit. Um, you can follow me at Detroit Online on Twitter. And to give us the Chargers point of view, as we always do on these little mini preview podcasts, uh, is a writer from Bolt from the Blue. That's the Chargers SB Nation website. He's also the host of the Lightning Round podcast. Garrett Sisti is with us. Garrett, how are you doing tonight? Hey, man, I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me on. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And and. You've got a great sounding mic, so I know you're a podcaster, so this should be a, a nice, uh, nice, you know, environment for you, I think. <laughs> oh, no. Per- yeah, man. Uh, I'm almost on 200 episodes of Lightning Round Podcast, so I've been doing this for a minute. And uh, of course, you got to have the right equipment. You know what it's like. Yes, absolutely. And we do appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners do as well. <laughs> um, but let's let's get right into it. Let's get into the Chargers offseason, because uh, I think they kind of had an interesting one in how quiet it was. And I, I tend to think back to the Lions 2011 season after they finally made the playoffs after that long drought. They kind of stood still and it didn't work out too well for them. But am I am I reading it right? Did the, the Chargers kind of just stand pat this offseason? And are you cool with that? Uh, they did. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, this was kind of like uh, the Rams did two years ago. Like the Chargers are right, like knocking at the door and then mm-hmm. the Rams went all in and the Chargers just decided to kind of stand pat, like you mentioned. And uh kind of just let everything pass them by. There was a lot of uh, holes on this roster, but just kind of let it go and said, hey, we'll address it in the draft. Uh, the big offseason acquisition was Thomas Davis, the uh, mm-hmm. longtime linebacker from the Panthers. They let their wide receiver Tyro Williams walk, who was a more of a third wide receiver option after Mike Williams kind of uh, ascended last season. So uh, he's now the wide receiver one, was number two, and then Antonio Brown saga happened. Uh, now, as you saw on Monday night, he's the... Uh, number one wide receiver in Oakland. So um, not a lot happening. Addressed a lot of it in the draft. They got a uh, offensive tackle. They got Jerry Tillery in the first round. They need some back uh, back end help. They got the free safety this year, Adderley, in the second round. So a very quiet offseason. Uh, not a lot of turnaround, which uh, seemed to be okay because there was a lot of depth along this roster, but uh, definitely could have done more. And I, I think it's funny. I mean, when I was doing research for this game, I was like, wow, they really stood pat in free agency. And then I go to the draft and they literally didn't make any trades on draft day and they literally just picked their seven picks. So it's just kind of 
fits that theme of just kind of standing still, let things happen to them and, and write it out. Yeah, yeah, they let everything fall to them. There was a couple guys they liked in the draft, but they just said, you know what, we'll wait until our, and they were at the end of the, uh, end of the round too. So uh, they could have easily moved up on any round and they haven't. Uh, early on in the general manager's uh, first couple of years, as the, uh, Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, traded up for guys like Melma Gordon, uh, traded up in the second round for a Manti Teo that didn't work out, traded up for a Jerry Tauchu in the second round that didn't work out. So um, I guess he's kind of learned from his mistakes and uh, no longer trading up at all, and just kind of staying pat. And so what what did fans think with that overall strategy? They were like, well, we were 12-4 and four last year, really competitive team, things obviously didn't work out in the postseason, but we've kind of afforded a little bit of, of trust in our front office, or is it more like, hey guys, you, you need to make the me- next big step, why aren't you making any moves? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it'll kind of uh, segue into the injury report coming up here because you know, right. the chargers were a Russell Okung injury away. their left tackle from being a awful, awful offensive line. And uh, he's going to be out for quite some time. Uh, they had no depth behind Hunter Henry, the tight end who looks great when he's healthy, but hasn't been healthy for a while. Uh, they really, really needed some safety help. And uh, of course, Derwin James is out now. Uh, there were a lot of issues that they needed to resolve in the off season. They didn't and said, Hey, listen, we've got some star players to this position. Uh, they ended up getting injured, and now they are very skinny at a lot of positions. And we're going to get into that, as you mentioned, in, in a little <laughs> bit. But I want to I want to jump into week one. Um, kind of an interesting game. I mean, there are so many weird connections between the Lions game and the Chargers game. Totally. Obviously, both both teams had a, a two-score lead, at, and I think they were both literally up 24-9. to nine. Is that right? The, or, I think it was yeah, the Lions were up twenty. Uh, the Chargers were up twenty-four uh, nine. The Lions were up twenty-four yeah. six in the third quarter. Yeah, exactly. right. They both go to overtime. They both there's a blocked punt in both games. I mean, it, it's just like weird coincidences. Um, obviously, the the biggest difference being that the Chargers were able to rebound and score in the first drive of overtime. Right. Lions not so much. Uh, but what's what's your overall feeling of the team right now? Are they are they still kind of like okay, whatever, you know, bumping the road, but we got through it or is, is there some major concerns about some things that happened in that game um the major concerns are the injuries now but when you yeah. watch the game much like the lions they dominated for two and a right. half quarters um mm-hmm. just you know looked dominant looked great and then as the third quarter started to roll on uh the legs started to get a little bit tired and the indianapolis colts ran all over the chargers and right. it became a point where uh, Frank Reich said, we're just going to run the ball. Let's just run. Yeah. We're down, but let's just run the ball because they can't stop us. And the Chargers could not stop them to save their life. And it went all the way in overtime and they had to uh, score a two-point ver- conversion to tie, much like the Cardinals had to. And uh, they just ran it down their throat on a two-point conversion yeah. and they got it. So um, th- that's concerning. The run defense is concerning. The injuries from week one are very concerning. But for the most part, it seemed like you know a lot of guys, a lot of veterans that were rested all during the preseason kind of still getting their legs under them, a little bit rusty. Um, it seemed like a lot of guys were starting to get in the groove a little bit towards the end of that game, but you could just tell that, you know, they hadn't had any experience. They've just been through the, they hadn't played at all in the preseason. They looked a little bit uh, behind the eight ball there, but, you know, m- moving on to week two, three, four, they're, they're going to start to get in the groove here and uh, not too concerning in terms of the play, but the guys that aren't going to be on the field is, is very worrisome. Well, I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about that run defense because. Chargers were one of the better teams at stopping the run last year. I think they were top 10 in, in DVOA. And so to see them give up over 200 yards and 
make Marlon Mack the leading rusher in the NFL um, had to be a bit of a shock to the system, um, especially being able to do it late like that um, when they're playing, you know, from behind. So how much do you think of that is, you know, the team, like you said, kind of gaining their feet, you know, early season, maybe it's, you know, tiredness. Um, there's a lot of talk about that on the Lions side of maybe fatigue hitting them there in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Or is there concern that this is a long-term thing? Uh, this is a major, major concern. Uh, it was a major red flag in the offseason. And mm-hmm. again, not a position they addressed in the offseason, except they drafted Jerry Tillery in the first round, who right. obviously creates a very good uh, pass rushing uh, player from that position and upgrades that group tremendously, but a guy who's also undersized. And the big question was, how is he going to fare against the run in the NFL? Because, you know, he's, he's a little bit lighter, very, very good athlete. Uh, can get after the quarterback, but how is he going to shed guys like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and uh, Mark Lewinsky in week one? And he couldn't. He got absolutely ran over. Um, he, people have talked to him, uh, talked about him being defensive rookie of the year candidate, and uh, he did not look like it in week one. And it is very concerning, especially in the middle of that defense. Now, on the ends, you've got Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, and they do a very good job, not only rushing the passer, obviously, but uh, also containing the edges. But inside... A lot of where the Lions ran, um, carry on Johnson in week one, that kind of a gap, you know, between mm-hmm. the hashes up the middle, that's going to be a big point of contention for this week two matchup because the Chargers are very weak there. Um, they, they've got injuries, they're banged up, and they didn't look good in week one against a really good offensive line. But I mean, Marlon Mack is, is not, you know, Le'Veon Bell or, right. you know, like a David Johnson or one of the Todd Gurley or one of these better uh, running backs. This is, more of kind of a uh, ground to pound back that was okay last year, but uh, not a guy that's going to, or at least supposed to put up 174 yards and a touch on you. So, uh, so uh, you know, it's going to be definitely a big, um, a big focal point this week in trying to stop the run up the middle. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to it. I know you probably wanted me to avoid the topic as much as possible, but let's talk about injuries and guys that aren't <laughs> going to be playing on Sunday. Well, I only mentioned it like news. seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with the good news. Um, good in, in quotation marks. Uh, Melvin Ingram, obviously not going to play this week, but Austin Eckler Melvin looked Gordon. like uh, Melvin Gordon. Yes, sorry, right, not yeah. Melvin Ingram. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Melvin <laughs> Gordon. Sorry about that. Uh, Austin Eckler uh, had a heck of a week one, um, more so in the receiving game than the running game. Um, Matt Patricia was extremely uh, impressed with him. He even said like lower body Strength is incredible, even though he doesn't look like the kind of physical runner that maybe some of the bigger guys look like. Um, tell, tell me about Austin Eckler and, and Justin Jackson as well uh, and, and how they've you know basically made a seamless transition from the Melvin Gordon era. Yeah, you know, this was kind of uh, something that a lot of us fans and people that have watched uh, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler weren't too worried about when Melvin Gordon said he's holding out because Austin Eckler always looked like he could be a number one running back. I'm a guy that's a real threat on the ground and uh, especially through the air uh, through week one, Austin Eckler had three fourths of the carries compared to like a fourth for Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eckler had 12 and Justin ended up having six, but you're going to see Austin Eckler a lot on the field. He's a threat, not only to run, but uh, to pass to catch it through the air. He had 96 yards. He had two touchdowns to the air last week. Uh, he ran for almost five yards per carry. Justin Jackson was a guy that they uh, put in on third downs and just kind of, uh, get Austin Eckler some rest. He ended up uh, rushing for 57 yards, but he had like 9.5 yards per carry. He was very effective. And uh, so th- that tandem has worked out really well. Uh, the thought was that between Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, 
they could probably get about 85 to 90% of Melvin Gordon's production. But so far, week one, it looks like even more. Uh, they looked really good. Uh, you know, Patricia's right. He, he's a guy that's a smaller back in Eckler is, but a guy that's really tough to bring down, a guy that led the league in uh, yards after contact. So um, not a guy that uh, a guy that looks like you can just take him down pretty easy, but uh, he's really tough to bring down. So a guy that uh, looked good week one, uh, Justin Jackson didn't get a lot of work, but uh, looked pretty good when he was able to spell Eckler. All right, I'm going to go on the other end of the spectrum and talk left tackle a little bit because uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Russell Kuhn still dealing with that illness, not going to be playing this week. Trent Scott, a, uh, an undrafted guy from 2018, played his first game in the NFL at left tackle last week. And uh, based on the reviews I've read, did not go so well. Um, what What's the scouting report on Trent Scott? And do the, do the Chargers have some sort of plan to help him out this week? Uh, there's no plan. And, uh, <laughs> that's the scary part. No, uh, Trent Scott looked awful. Um, you know, he did pretty good in the first half and as a, as a run blocker, he did, uh, pretty well throughout the whole game, but as a pass blocker, he was a mess. And, uh, he, that's, uh, the Colts is a group that's kind of depleted in terms of mm-hmm. edge rushers. They, they've got, uh, Kimiko Toure, who looked uh, pretty good, a young guy. They've yeah. got, you know, the old mm-hmm. man, Justin Houston. Uh, but they were getting there all day. They were getting home on, uh, Philip Rivers almost all game long. Um, they were missing Jabal Sheard. And of course, you know, now going into week two, they're going to face much better pass rushers. And um, so it's a it's going to be a problem. Uh, the right tackle is even a problem too, Sam Tevy. But without Russell mm-hmm. Okung, um, they were a problem going into the season. Once uh, Russell Okung's uh, injury popped up or the, um, you know, the, his health issues popped up, uh, he was going to miss, like, you know, like six to eight weeks. So um, they don't have any plan behind Trent Scott and they're just hoping he can develop into something. But uh, this is not a good start for his uh, first start as left tackle. Is it is it a little strange to have you know those issues in in pass blocking on the edges, but the run blocking looking phenomenal in week one? You know, you know what it ends up being is um, it, they're not as good athletically to get out on the edge, but they're physical mm-hmm. enough in close spaces that they're pretty good um, in uh, run blocking. So. It, there, especially in Trent Scott's case, Sam Tevy not so much, but uh, for the left tackle, Trent Scott, not much of an athlete and kind of slow-footed. So when you've got a speed rusher like uh, Kamiko Ture, who can just blow right by you, he did on uh, last Sunday. So, sure. you know, it just seemed like to me that they just aren't the athletes that are going to be able to hang in the NFL. Um, they're definitely more of backup tackles in the NFL, if not, you know, closer practice squad candidates. But for right now, I mean... It's only week one and you can't panic, but uh, not very good and doesn't look like he's going to be able to hang. And this isn't a group that's got like in their division guys like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. So um, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be uh, troublesome going forward. All right, we're going to stick with the offense here. Let's talk about Mike Williams. Uh, hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. What's the outlook for him in terms of being able to play this week? And if he can't go, uh, who else do they have outside of uh, <laughs> outside of essentially just Keenan Allen? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a good question. So it, Mike Williams hasn't practiced. He didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday. They said he looked better today than he did uh, yesterday, but uh, doesn't look like he's going to end up going on Sunday. Um, just he's he's probably not going to get any work this week, and they're probably looking at more week three, maybe week four for mm-hmm. Mike Williams. So they're not. Uh, it's a good probability that Mike Williams won't be playing against the Lions here in week two. Um, behind Mike Williams, they've got Travis Benjamin, who is uh, more of a speedy, stretch-the-field type wide receiver. He's their wide receiver three. And then they recently signed the veteran Dontrell Inman. He played with the Chargers oh, early right. on. 
uh, mm-hmm. bounced around with the Colts and the Bears, uh, came back with the Chargers, uh, more of a possession receiver, um, but uh, none even as close to Mike Williams' talent level. Um, guys that are going to have some issues, they're going to have to get some separation because they also lost another receiving weapon in Hunter Henry. So um, it, this this is a very depleted group going into week two. All right, we're going to take a break here. We're going to get into some defensive injuries because there are so many on the Chargers again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk matchups. We're going to talk about who matches up well in this game for each side of the ball, and then we'll finally get into our predictions. So stick with us. We'll be right back on First Bite. And we are back with First Bite. We are here recording our Chargers preview podcast. Uh, And we are just about to get into more injuries because that seems to be kind of the story of the tale for the Chargers in week two and pretty much every other year that the Chargers have been (laughs) in the league, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, let's let's move on to the defensive side of the ball because there's quite a bit of injuries there. Obviously, Derwin James has been on IR for a while. but uh, two new cornerback injuries, unfortunately, for them. Uh, Michael Davis, uh, starting corner, is out, and they just placed another on injured reserve whose name is escaping me at the moment. Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams. Yep. Um, so what's left of this Chargers secondary right now? <laughs> well, uh, as the Colts found out, it's Brandon Faison, who was an right. uh, undrafted free agent uh, two years ago, and a uh, pretty much a punching bag last Sunday. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. uh, Jacoby's Brissett favorite target. Uh, they threw at him very often. In fact, there was a fourth down that the the Colts had to convert, and they just went right at him with Devin Funches. Uh, not much of a route, just kind of threw it right at him, and Funches got the ball. Uh, Brandon Faison had his worst game of his career. Um, a guy who is uh, very raw, and um, you know he's cornerback four for the Chargers. They've got Casey Hayward on one side, who's their starting corner. Uh, Des King mans a slot. But Michael Davis was the CB2. He's out. Trevor Williams, the CB3. He's out. Go down the depth chart. You've got corner number four and Brandon Faison. And that's the matchup that I'm sure the Lions saw the uh, Indianapolis Colts take advantage of and will try to do the same with their three-man attack that they've got. All right. I think I think we can move past the injuries. Let's move into Sunday's Are you sure? matchup. I've got I, a couple I mean, if you want to talk more, I mean, I, no. have I missed any? <laughs> Their kicker has also got a groin injury, but I don't know how much we want to talk about kicker injuries, and I'm sure he's going to play anyways. No, Chargers got a punter kicking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Their punter, Ty Long, who uh, kicked field goals, kickoffs, and punted against the Colts. Uh, He was a kicker and a punter in the CFL. He made every kick, so uh, no, it doesn't really matter. And uh, Badgley was a limited participant. Their uh, regular kicker was a limited participant the last two days. He had a groin injury. He might be there, might not, but who cares, you know? (laughs) <laughs> i'm with you there sorry to all you special team lovers out there yeah i know uh, sorry about that <laughs> but yeah let's talk into matchups let's talk um i think one thing we, i mean we have to talk about it, as much as i don't want to talk about it but you mentioned it earlier joey bosa melvin ingram quite the pass rushing duo one thing that that matt patricia has mentioned several times this week is their ability to move all over the line sometimes on the same side of the line which is terrifying to me because um i don't know if you saw it Taylor Decker really, really struggled in, oh, yeah. in the opening week. He had a couple of good pass rushers in, in Terrell Suggs uh, over there in Arizona and, and Chandler Jones. 
I don't think it gets any easier for them this week. Um, is, is, is there any key to stopping Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram, or is it just cross your fingers and hope he does, they only get you know one second piece instead of three or four? Yeah, that, that is kind of it. I mean, it's, you just kind of <laughs> hope to contain them. That, I mean, that's what everybody talks about. I mean, they're going to yeah. end up getting theirs. But, uh, you know, the, the way that they were able to, a lot of teams were able to stop Melvin Ingram and uh, Joey Bosa is that quick hitting passing game. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Patriots have done it to the Chargers in the past. They did it to them in the playoff game uh, this past year. And, uh, you know, they ended up getting run out of the building. Uh, the Chargers did. But, um, you know, that was the only way to stop it was to just get the ball out of your hands before they can get to you. And uh, that that whole notion of them lining up together, um, I did a, a whole piece on it on Twitter about how they've been able to line up uh, from uh, six to three to five tech and just have them both on the same side and let the athleticism of Melvin Ingram standing up at three tech go against a guard was just beautiful. So uh, they were able to, they did it four times in that game against Indianapolis. They got a sack, two QB hits, a pressure, um, and then a, and an errant throw. So they were successful in all of them something that I'm sure they're going to do more of. But uh, two of the better pass rushers in the league, uh, it, you got to love to watch them play as a Charger fan. But, um, you know, guys that are going to get theirs, you know, you hope they get the ball out of your hands. And, you know, a lot of misdirection helps too when you're, sure. or um, a lot of teams with the power running game will try to run at them and wear them down a little bit. Doesn't work as well as that, at that qu- uh, quick passing game does. But, um, you know, Bosa and Ingram are probably going to end up getting some kind of pressure on Matthew Stafford. And if Taylor Decker played any, anywhere near he did last Sunday, then they're going to have uh, a lot of real estate in the, in the backfield, which I was surprised about because I'm actually a fan of this Detroit offensive line. I think they are better than people give them credit for. Um, and I, I am not, uh, I was very, very surprised that Decker played as bad as he did because it wasn't just giving up the pressures, but the penalties on top of all that, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. They were they were clearly in his head in that game, and you, you hope and, and, and pray that that is kind of a one-off for him. Fans have kind of had a questions about his ability since his rookie year and after the torn labrum his second year. He hasn't really bounced back in a way that people expect from a first-round draft pick, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, he's also dealing with a back injury this week. I think he gives it a go. I don't think there's any concern there, but having a back injury kind of complicates things that were already uh, uh, nerve-wracking about his play in, in the opener, but um, let, let's continue with that offensive line matchup because the Lions, you know, they, they've made a commitment. They want to be kind of that run first team, whether it's a power run with, with CJ Anderson or, or more of a, a quick attack with, uh, with carry on. Um, we, we already talked a little bit how poorly the chargers were um, in, in terms of stopping the run last week. Um, how do you think this matchup looks on paper, at least to you uh, this week? I mean, this looks exactly like it did last week. I mean, Mm. you know, if you look in terms of uh, the way they run the ball, I mean, I know with Indianapolis, you know, if Marlon Mack, Kerryon Johnson, uh, somewhat similar, CJ Anderson, more of a power back, and uh, Naheem Hines for the Colts is more of a scat back and uh, more Mm. of a receiver. But, I mean, this is a team that just runs it down your throat, and that's what the Colts did. And they did it a lot in the interior, and that's where the Chargers are the weakest right now. And that's right. where the Colts ran over them. So this just seems like a lot of last week. I don't know how the Chargers are going to be able to help. Those guys are just going to have to show up. Uh, Brandon Meebane is their nose. Uh, he's at zero tech. They've got Jerry Tillery and the third-round pick from last year, Justin Jones, manning that three-tech. Uh, neither of them played very good. Meebane was okay, but uh, still, you know, they got ran over in week one. I know Carrion Johnson didn't have 50 yards uh, against the Cardinals, and I know CJ had like 35 so it's not like they were super successful in week one, but 
those numbers are going to get inflated this week. This is a very bad run defensive team for week one. Uh, hopefully they get their stuff together and stop the run a little bit. But this looks a lot like last week. I mean, this looks like a team that's just going to get run over. Well, I, I love trench talk, so let's just flip it over to the other side of all when when the Chargers are going to try to run this game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lions didn't do so well at stopping the run last week. Um, they're facing a little bit of a different scheme this week and probably have Snacks on, Harrison on, on the field a little bit more than they did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they have a chance at, at stopping uh, the Chargers rushing attack, which has you know, proven to be pretty darn good in the past year and a half or so? Yeah, I mean, you know, Outside of that, for I thought in the first half they did a, the Lions did a really good job on David Johnson. I didn't think he get mu- got much of anything. I believe it was in ten carries and thirty six yards. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and what did he finish with eighty two? So he Something got like most that. of it in that second half, like we were talking about. And he didn't mm-hmm. get a lot of his receiving yards until the second half either. So you know, it, it it's a tale of two halves. You know, is it is this the Lions from the first half or the second half? And right. you know, the Chargers' run game was really good in the first half, and then they just kind of abandoned it in the second half and just started to go. With the passing game, for whatever reason, it seemed like the Colts were starting to come back a little bit, and they were just depending on Rivers a little bit too much, not going back to what was working, which was the run game. So, you know, it just seems like this run defense for Detroit's really, really good and a lot better than the Colts were. But a lot of the runs that the Chargers got on the ground were on the outside, and they Mm -hmm. got him in space. So uh, this is going to be more of a uh, pitch-out, stretch-em-wide type of uh, running attack than it will be kind of grounded pound more like Detroit and the Colts were. So this sure. is more of a, this is a offense. Wisenhunt is just basically going to put the ball in Austin Eckler's hands in space and let him win. And that's what he does best. You know, there's going to be a lot of pitches and uh, screens and tosses and stuff that'll just be able to use his athleticism, and hopefully beat the guys on the edges. So um, in terms of a running attack, you know, with snacks in the middle, which is a nightmare for the interior of the Chargers offensive line, they're going to be going wide and trying to stretch everything out and just try to outrun them on the edges. And it seems like that's probably the game plan for passing the ball too. You, you made mention of it there, but especially mm-hmm. with a couple of other top targets, downfield targets out in this game, is it just throw it to every back that you can or, or quick screens or just get the ball in, in Eckler's hands or, or, or Keenan's hands or whoever can get it and, and get some yak. Yeah. I mean that that's definitely going to be the majority of it. It's going to be a lot of Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, run after the catch. But, you know, uh, Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in football. And so he's going to get a lot of work in the middle of the field. Um, Travis Benjamin is a really speedy wide receiver. You know, a few years ago, he was a standout with the Browns. That's Mm -hmm. when the Chargers signed him. And then he's been a dud ever since. But uh, definitely a guy that stretches the field. So I think there's going to be a few targets for Travis Benjamin down the field. Uh, They're trying, they're going to probably use Dontrell Inman like they do Hunter Henry, where they're going to just run him at the sticks. A couple mm-hmm. sticks route, try to get him a couple first downs on third and mid, third and short. And uh, that's going to basically be it. But a lot of the big splash plays are going to come from Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, where they're just going to dump off screens and all that other stuff and hopefully get them to win in space. Yeah, and you, you definitely don't need to remind Lions fans about how good of a route runner Keenan <laughs> Allen is because everyone <laughs> remembers that, well, I think it was 2015 season opener, mm. the Lions took a, a, I think it was a two, maybe even a three score lead in the halftime. And then Keenan Allen just took over. Yeah. And yeah. Rest <laughs> of history. We, we, don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't need to revisit it. I don't even know. I wasn't going to mention it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the prediction portion. As l- avid listeners know, we like to finish our first bite podcast with what we call one thing we think we know. Um, typically it's a prediction of some sort, not necessarily the final prediction of the score, but a prediction of something we might that we're sure is going to happen. 
on Sunday. So I'm I'm going to throw it right to you, Garrett. What's the one thing you think you know about this matchup? I think I know that TJ Hawkinson's a really good tight end. Does that count <laughs> as a prediction? <laughs> it does. And how, how did we go this far into the podcast without me even mentioning TJ Hawkinson? I know it, it was almost a crime, but um, <laughs> you know, I'll say, I'll say Hawkinson gets a touchdown this game. I mean, he, he looks mm-hmm. so talented, but um, the thing that the chargers did last week is they were trying to limit Eric Ebron and uh, T Y Hilton. They were just trying to take away those two matchups and they had Des King matched up on Eric Ebron a lot. And uh, he only had 32 yards receiving. But because you've got a guy like Danny Amendola manning the slot, Des mm-hmm. King isn't going to be able to help out. And what the Colts did is they targeted Thomas Davis a lot. Uh, they knew that he was an old man, wasn't very good in coverage. And so they picked apart the middle of the field. They would run T.Y. Hilton, and they would try to run a bunch of uh, wide receivers towards the middle into Thomas Davis' area just to get that matchup. I think that happens a lot on Sunday. I think T.J. Hawkinson's that guy. And I think we're getting probably close to 100 yards, but definitely a touchdown on Sunday. Oh man, you've said a lot of positive things about the Lions for a team that just (laughs) tied the Cardinals and I'm not sure what to do with myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very, very depleted Chargers team. So uh, I'm I'm not as positive as I was going into week one. So, okay. So this is more about the Chargers being beat up than the Lions actually being good. That makes sense. Uh, The uh, the one thing I think I know in this game and it's it's not a bold prediction by any means, but I I do think Matthew Stafford gets sacked at least four times in this game. I'm not saying Taylor Decker is is the horrible player that he was last week, but I, I think this more has to ju- do with just how good this Chargers pass rush is and just how good Joey Bosey and Mel- Melvin Ingram are. Um, it's something that I, I think, unfortunately, Lions fans are going to have to get used to again because just like uh, the AFC West has a lot of really good pass rushers, the NFC North certainly does too. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully the Lions get this stuff figured out sooner rather than later, but based on last week's performance, based on the the, the matchups this week, I think it's going to be a rough day for Matthew Stafford in terms of pass protection. We saw last week he still was able to perform at a high level despite the pass protection breaking down. But I think he's going to have to weather the storm again this week and and hopefully pull out a win. But uh, that's kind of it for our preview podcast. But before we go, I want you, Garrett, to have an opportunity to to pimp out your stuff. Tell us where the people can find you, social media, what sort of stuff are, are on bolts from the blue so that we can check out your point of view. Um, yeah, just tell us what you got. So I'm at Garrisisti on Twitter. Uh, do a lot of uh, film breakdown there uh, after the games. I've got a podcast called the Lightning Round Podcast where we review the games every week. Got a uh, another podcast called Score More with Garrisisti where we preview podcasts just like uh, this podcast here. And that is all I got. Uh, before I go, I might surprise you. Even though I've said such nice things about the Lions, I still think the Chargers win on Sunday. Oh, you had to put that in. <laughs> I don't I don't believe that you believe that after everything you said. <laughs> Garrett, great stuff. I appreciate you joining us. I'm definitely gonna check out some of your stuff because I can tell you know what you're talking about. And uh, I'm I'm very intrigued by this Sunday matchup because I do think it's gonna be closer than maybe some other people think. I think mm-hmm. both teams have a really good shot in this matchup and and I, I I'm eager to see it because a lot of I think Lions fans were counting this as an L early in the season. And uh, even after the, the tie last week, uh, I think I think this is a good matchup. So we'll see. Thanks again, Garrett. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you all for listening as well. We'll talk to you next week.